Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Neil Parekh with us from L.A., and yep. Neil is the owner of Made This, a uh, company that helps um, offer, I guess, cleaning services for long-term residential uh, or rental places like Airbnb and Verbal. Is that right? Yeah, short-term rental places like vacation rentals as well as just regular residential cleaning, but that's correct. Okay, so long-term, yeah. short-term, all of it. It's more all medium-term, why not? <laughs> so I usually just invite my guests to go ahead and introduce themselves. So Neil, why don't you just go ahead and just talk a little bit about why you're working from home, what you're doing, and tell us more about this franchise thing. Sure. So um, my name is Neil Park. I uh, own a company called Made This Franchise, uh, made like M-A-I-D. And we are a cleaning service focused on a couple of niches. One's residential, like regular residential homes. The other one is Airbnbs and short-term rentals. We're actually um, the first franchise in the U.S. focused on vacation rentals. So started franchising recently and selling franchises around the U.S. And uh, the cool part about it is, is that it's a completely remote concept. Um, so everything is done from home. Franchise owners get to work from wherever they want. Uh, I, I was a ex, I call myself an ex-digital nomad. So I was working for about five years. I quit venture capital, went, booked a one-way flight to Columbia, started working remotely from there on Made This, growing it. And here I am now. So you are originally from California, is that right? Correct. Yeah. So were you basically doing made this for the state of California and then from Columbia the whole time? Yeah. I mean, started uh, that currently. Yeah, that's correct. So I started it uh, doing it part time. So it's a side hustle while I was at my corporate job. And uh, as it kind of grew, I always knew I wanted to travel. And, you know, my thought was, well, you can't do a local business remotely. It's not possible. But then I started to figure out like, oh, maybe I can do it remotely. And that's when I started to create the systems, tools, and everything to be able to work from home or be able to work from wherever for this local cleaning company. Um, so once I figured that out and I quit and I decided I wanted to travel, then I really had to figure it out, right? So everything is done in a way where the jobs can be done remotely. So yes, uh, I was servicing only California at the time um, from wherever in the world I was. So I was out of country for about five years. Okay. And then you came back just in time for COVID or did you come back because of COVID? <laughs> because of COVID. I, I just signed a lease in Mexico. So I was going to be there for quite a while, uh, like one week before COVID hit. And, um, you know, it's funny. I was actually supposed to do this uh, course called the Desert Island Survival Course in Panama. Mm -hmm. So it's like 10 days you're stranded on an island. You have to survive basically. Uh, so I decided to luckily postpone it before, but there was a group of people who went that one week of like March 9th to 17th where the world broke. So they were stranded on the island, had no idea like this happened. So they got off the island and everyone's like, guys, um, there's this thing called COVID. The world is shutting down. You have to go home. Uh, so I was this close to being on that. But luckily I was in the news loop, still in Mexico though, and uh, just canceled my lease and booked a flight to the US. And I've been here since. So we're so you were able you were able to cancel without big repercussions. I, I had to pay pay a certain amount, yeah, for sure. But luckily, uh, the host was super cool. And I've mostly been living in Airbnbs for the for the most point. So this was a short term rental that I signed for a longer term rental. Got it. Um, yep. So you are working very closely with Airbnb owners. I'm not quite sure how you're, you're not necessarily with Airbnb, right? You're just right. kind of like working alongside of them. How do you find these people to clean for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get into the business model. So, um, 
yeah, I just say Airbnb, just like people say Band-Aid instead of bandage. Yes. Any vacation rental is mm-hmm. is kind of what we we service. So uh, many hosts they find us right either through referrals or you type in Airbnb cleaning vacation rental cleaning into Google will pop up. Um, the way the software works and the way the system works is very catered to them, meaning. Uh, we sync with their calendar. Anytime there's a guest checkout, it'll automatically schedule cleaning with us. The cleaner does the checklist. It automatically sends them the report with supplies, damage reports, pictures, everything they need. Um, so a lot of it is just very automated to hosts. Um, and many hosts are used to working with maybe an individual cleaner. Maybe they clean it themselves. The scheduling is a pain. Uh, the technology aspects a pain. So we're kind of bridging that gap between that labor force, which is tougher to deal with from a tech perspective and the host who needs a high level of automation. Okay. So you're not down there scrubbing toilets. You're making the software to get this all automated for your hosts. Yeah. I would be uh, terrible at scrubbing toilets and would get a lot <laughs> of complaints. So I'm no, definitely not doing that. And so we use a variety of different softwares and then marry that with the cleaners we actually recruit to go out mm-hmm. to the shops. Well, um, do you want to, I, I guess I usually spend about half of the time talking about your own work from home experience versus mm-hmm. uh, what you actually do for your work. Uh, how did you start the concept? You said you were already still working in venture capital. Yeah. So yeah, from the origin story, I guess I was working in venture capital. Um, April, you ever been on Reddit? Yeah. Cool. So I was on Reddit trying to figure out what to do is on the entrepreneur subreddit. Um, and I was trying a bunch of things. I was like, I think my first attempt was some pet hair vacuum blog. Cause I thought as like a nomad to travel, work from wherever you want, you have to do blogging, digital marketing, e-commerce. It's kind of what they sell you in the nomad ebook when you look online. Right. Um, so anyways, I came across the post of a guy starting a cleaning company on, on Reddit. And I thought, you know, what the heck, I'll try this too. Amongst the other things I was doing. And it started working, it started working way better than the other things I was doing. So I just started to roll with it. And I had a mindset shift during that process of saying, oh, can I make this local business work remotely? So that's what kind of got me started in it. But it was a couple of years of just like side hustle. You know, the, the cleaners would want to get paid. I didn't know what to do. So I'd go to the ATM, get cash, drop it off to them outside of my corporate office. Like it looked like a drug deal from the windows. A lot of my coworkers thought I was just drug dealing during lunch breaks, uh, but I was just running cleaners. It's a little bit different. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. So that was the start, starting of it. And then started to figure out the systems. It took a while uh, to figure out how to make it work. And then finally it was at the point where I said, okay, I haven't replaced my income, but I've got enough where I could go survive while I'm traveling. And then, so I just, you know, thought I'd be traveling for a year, turned into five. When you started, did you have the resources or the know-how to, to make this software or were you already working with the team and contracting with people at that point? Uh, for the software, you mean? Yeah, it was all third-party software. So no, I, I don't know software. I didn't even know how to make a website. So I put, threw up a really crappy looking version one website um, and said, hey, let's just get going. And I think that was kind of the most important thing of let's just keep moving. I spent way too much time testing and analyzing and reading. And you know, it feels very productive, but it's not really productive until you actually do stuff. Um, so no, I, I use third-party software and we still use third-party software. Uh, and then I kind of just figured out piecemealing it how to make it work. How do you find a cleaner? How do you know it's a good cleaner? How do you match up with the customer? How do you cater your package to the customer? How does pricing even work? Like there's so many variables to figure out, um, which is why, you know, eventually we, when we started, made this franchise, uh, that's 
kind of the pitch with our system plus any system is you don't have to reinvent the wheel already made way too many mistakes. Just don't do the same mistakes I made and you're going to be way better off. Um, so that's kind of how it started and, and how I figured out what I was doing. Mostly just picking back off of other software. When you are working with, um, franchise owners, are they owning the whole state? Is, are, do they have the rights? I, I actually, I don't really know how to speak about franchises. I have a friend who owns one for cabinetry business. Um, and hmm. other than that, I don't, I haven't experienced it. So if I use all the wrong lingo, you can, <laughs> you can correct all me. All good. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a good question. Uh, it's based off of um, usually city-based. There's a protected territory for a certain number of households, which are given in that territory. So a large city might have multiple franchises. A small city might have one franchise uh, is how that works. So you Okay, so it's not like a full state thing. It's by city. Correct. Yep, by city. Yeah, I looked at your website and I saw that there were available franchises in these states. And it looked like California was spoken for. So, but there's still quite a few opportunities out there right now, right? You've got, how many states do you have covered at this point? Yeah, I mean, registered in 40 states to be able to franchise and franchising is a very regulated industry. So we got into it because I thought, hey, look, um, it's a newer concept. Like it's kind of a millennial cleaning company, right? Focused on Airbnbs, you do online booking, you know, you don't have to talk to anyone and get free estimates is exactly what the millennial crowd wants. A lot of the existing franchises are from like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Like it's just, mm. it's different. So we went out to market with it's a remote concept. Work from anywhere in the world you want. Uh, the audience is catered towards that. Um, so anyways, that's what we went out to market with. But yeah, in terms of uh, the locations we service, it is uh, there's 40 states we're registered in, but franchising as a concept is a very regulated meaning. You have to register in all the states you are going to be franchising in. There's some states where it's a pain in the butt like California and there's some mm-hmm. states which are a little bit easier to do like Arizona or Texas. I see. To do. I see. So, so you it. don't actually have a franchise in California. You're probably just running that one. Am mm-hmm. I getting that right? Yep. We're okay. just running. Yep. We have two locations, see. corporate locations in California. Got it. Yeah. Um, and do you have people that are literally working in person in each of these um, franchise cities or is it completely um, remote for every, every owner? You know, usually the people who do the franchising, they know the city because there is some helpfulness to know the city, right? You can know uh, what areas are good or what are not good. If mm-hmm. you need some test cleanings, you have a network there for people to set up test cleaning. So usually people reach out with the city they're living in, but the role, the goal is for them to be able to work from wherever they want, right? That's mm-hmm. why they're buying into the system of showing them how to have a remote local business. It's a remote business, but still localized. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of them, yeah, a couple of them work for another company full time, and the goal is to do this as a side hustle, quit, go travel while running this company. I mean, I guess in the same way that some people just like buy up properties as their like you know second income stream, mm-hmm. you are having um, the cleaning business. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What else do you want to say about it? Yeah, no, it's. I don't want to ask too many like trade secrets. Like I feel like I have all this. Oh, not at all. Ask ask whatever you're curious about. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, that's, that's basically it for the business. I typically it's for people who are uh, looking for a way to be remote, who want to follow an existing path. who don't want to make the same stupid mistakes I've made. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a nice way to get remote. I think that's kind of how I think about the business and why I started it. I think and a lot of people are saying, Neil, how did you travel? How did you do all this? And your business is in LA. Well, this is how it's actually not as hard as you would think, uh, as long as you avoid certain pitfalls. So I think there's a specific type of person who's geared towards it. But yeah, it's, it, it is a old school 
industry, the cleaning industry. It's been around forever. Love it. Yep. Right. A lot of these old school industries are, in my opinion, the best and best to go after because they're right for disruption um, with the basic technology, which is already out there. I guess the biggest question that just keeps coming to my mind is like, how do you interview your actual uh, workforce? Um, mm-hmm. Do you do remote interviews or you, do you do these test runs where you just have someone like do a secret shopper type thing? Yeah. So this was actually been kind of interesting about COVID. So before COVID, I did have someone doing in-person group interviews because that's what was needed. You could see them in person. It is slightly better. I, I would admit that. Um, and also I think just the cleaner demographic like that. And they were not very tech savvy. The cool silver lining of COVID is because now everyone moved to Zoom, mm-hmm. even cleaners know how to use Zoom now. Yeah, so yeah. we could do virtual interviews all the time now. We don't need to do in person anymore because finally that demographic knows how to use technology enough uh, right. for us to actually have these efficiencies. And, and they probably didn't even learn it because they were using it for job interviews. They probably learned it so they could talk with their family across the country. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So now everyone has Zoom. Everyone knows how it works, um, which has been a, a blessing in terms of the interview process. So now we actually are fully remote. Like I do have someone in LA who was the office manager uh, before and is still the office manager, but mm-hmm. she just works from home. Everyone works from home. So we have we have team members across eight different countries and everyone just works from home. And when you say office, do you mean <laughs> a fake or a virtual office? Virtual office. Yeah. Work from home <laughs> office. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to kind of go back into the, um, I've read somewhere about you that your parents also had some remote work or work from home opportunities in the past. And that helped inspire you. Can you talk about that? Or did they even get it right? Yeah. Well, they had local businesses in the past. Oh, they had, uh, yeah. April, do you remember, uh, like blockbusters and the video rental stores? Of course. Yep. Yep. So they had video rental stores growing up. So I was kind of always around small business. Okay. Um, and that kind of inspired me. And, you know, they had them for 32 years and towards the end, obviously not doing that well when Netflix and everything came out. Uh, so part of the reason I started made this was to help them be able to work from home. That's right. Yep. That's right. Got it mixed up that you started this so they could work from home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So even now my mother's still working as part of made this work from home, halfway retired. So able to do uh, work from home, even in the boomer age. That's amazing. Um, I know that you were talking about Blockbuster and the downfall of some of these video rental stores. I know that the um, short-term rentals, Airbnb and such, has also struggled a little bit because of COVID with everybody shutting down all their vacation mm-hmm. um, plans. How how are you guys weathering this storm? Yeah, it, it was kind of crazy, right? It's uh, Luckily, uh, I think we weathered it because we're not only focused on vacation rentals. We, okay. we do residential as well, which is a large actually a larger part of what we're doing funny enough now, Uh, but it wasn't before, before it was mostly vacation rental, some residential and it kind of flipped, Uh, Mm -hmm. but that's why it's good to have both sides of it. So, you know, during COVID uh, we had to get super scrappy. We said, Hey, what's happening. Everyone's moving out of LA. What happens when you move out? You need to move out cleaning. Let's go after those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, So we kind of shifted a little bit towards what was needed and just really Luckily, it's a lean business model, right? We don't, everyone works remotely, everyone works from home. Most people out of country, uh, we don't have any overhead. You don't uh, have the big office space that's empty ex- and exactly. cleaners. So we, yeah, exactly. So we could kind of scale up and down as needed, which is very helpful at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you said your mom is helping uh, with the business now. What role does she have? 
Yeah, originally she did a lot more. Now that we have actual team members and and a, and a global team, it's a lot less. Uh, but a lot of with just interviewing cleaners, um, you know, anything that's needed. She's kind of a jack of all trades at this point. So doing some doing everything from her bedroom. That's her work office space. Would just be her bed. Just like okay, I'll do a little bit of work over here. Yes. Yeah. My setup's a little the, bit different. Is she on the phone or do you, does she do video uh, interviews? Both, just as needed. Yeah. We uh, we all we all try to do video interviews because I feel like you get a good feel of the cleaner or whoever you're trying to hire a lot more in video. So that is what we focus on. I just heard you say global team. Do you want to talk about your team? Yeah, sure. So of course there's the cleaners who are in local. Um, and then globally we have um, teams in, I think it was, I think about six different countries right now. Um, a lot of, a lot of them in Latin America, uh, some of them in South Africa, uh, one of them in India. So um, these are the teams where like, let's say cleaner calls, it'll get routed to my team. Or if a customer calls, it'll get routed to my team, which is the global team. We're all connected online via Slack and a bunch of other things, but everyone works from home. I don't, actually, I don't think anyone even works from a co-working space. That's usually just me. Uh, everyone works from home and it suits their lifestyle. Some of them have kids, they do homeschooling, uh, perfect for them. Some of them live in places where, you know, it's in the middle of the jungle, but they have Wi-Fi and that works. So they're able to kind of pick the lifestyle they want. Now, is this a team that's helping you manage your business, uh, which is running the full company? And then are your clients, the people who are like um, interested in buying a franchise? Two businesses. There's the corporate you, location. You've got both. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they're mostly running the corporate location. The franchise location is mo- is growing, right? So it's on the early stages. So it has a, a one or two team members, but it's not very big yet. Okay. So mm-hmm. your mom is part of your team for the local business. Correct. How many people do you think um, for a bigger city, you're in the LA area. So how many people would it take? Do you think for uh, if someone were thinking about um, buying a franchise for a bigger city, how many people would they need to have on board? Uh, for the office staff, you mean? Yeah. Um, it, you know, I think the answer is going to vary of how much work the owner is going to be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually know this pretty well because when you franchise, you have to tell them that they're going to ask that question. Like, when do I need to hire? When's my first office hire? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how, what I advise at the beginning is uh, your first hire is when you're feeling that you're losing out on business because of your time capacity, go find someone okay. else. Yeah. Uh, or because you do too many admin tasks, go find someone else. So I think it depends on the size of your business and what you want to scale to. At the beginning, it should just be you. There's not as much to do. And then when you get to, let's say, five, I'd say probably five to 10,000 a month um, in revenue, that's when you should, you should bring on someone for an office staff for person number one. Then when you get to the next hurdle, which maybe is 20,000, you bring on the second person. Then you yeah. get to 50,000, you bring on the next person. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to hear a little bit more about your specific, you just said that your office setup is different than your mom's. Can you talk about that? Uh, sure. And I, I'd say, April said this, I'll tell you my office setup right now from working from home, since that's what we're talking about. Uh, and like my ideal as well. Uh, okay. I think yeah. Everyone has that. And you've probably had a bunch of different situations since you've been traveling for five years too. Oh so yeah. You can go through the history. Where are you at now? What's your ideal? And where have you been? Yeah. So uh, now my my actual literal setup, I have, a, I have a, a separate room in my home and I just have my laptop, which I've had with me 
um, while traveling all the time as one screen hooked into a monitor with another monitor screen. And Abram, I'm sure the same way now that I have a big monitor, if I'm ever back on my laptop screen, I'm like, oh my God, this is so small. I can't do it. <laughs> no, I'm on like a 13 inch MacBook right now. So oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> I actually to... had a big screen. It was, um, it used to be our TV, but it doubles as a monitor and it was just old enough that it was just a slightly clunky enough that it just wasn't worth it. And I just was like, screw it. I, yeah, I, <laughs> especially because if you're staring at it for eight hours a day, it's like, let's make it, let's make it look nice. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's my setup. I just have a separate office space right now for it. Uh, I think the, funny enough, this is like re- a relatively recent thing. I used to just go work from the living room and just get set up. I have like a roost stand. If you know what those are. Um, the so what stand? Lab. Oh, yeah, stand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I used to just go in the living room and dining room and do that. And I realized that uh, if I have one dedicated space with all my stuff, I'm way more productive. Uh, you just kind of mm-hmm. get into the zone much faster. Um, that's difficult to do while you're traveling. So that'd be a different setup. But at home, it's just a normal office room, home setup, um, and make sure I'm mobile with my laptop. Let's talk about your um, household. How many people are you working around? Like, do you have dogs barking or people or kids running around or anything like that? I don't. Currently, I'm at my parents' place um, just to help out with them. So there's just two other people. So it's been an okay. interesting shift with mm-hmm. uh, living with parents who are very used to saying, hey, I could just barge into the room whenever I want to and <laughs> order you to go do the dishes and stuff. It's like, hey, it, no, 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 we can't, can't do that anymore. It's their home, right? <laughs> it is their home. So it's like, okay, fair. Like, yes, you could come in. <laughs> so it, it has been a shift. I think we've we transformed... Uh, over the last year from just like parents, like, Hey, these are roommates, right? You kind of learn how to live with other roommates as well. Right. Uh, but luckily I have my own space in terms of the office setup. So it hasn't been too difficult to be still, uh, you know, April, I'm actually curious what your setup is with kids and everything running around. Cause you can't <laughs> keep them out of your, your room. If they're yelling and banging, they don't understand. Hey, I'm on a podcast. I can't do this. So Thankfully- I'm curious how, how you've managed it. My, my youngest is now six. We, we just had a okay. birthday and it gets a little bit easier when they get a little older, but I am in a closet and I'm probably like sweating buckets in here because, um, we live in Arizona and I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have this, but our, um, our utilities, like we have a discount if you are willing to, um, accept like a higher rate during the peak hours on weekdays, Okay, you can get a discount for the rest of the days. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weekend and the holidays and the evenings and the mornings, everything is cheaper. But if you run your air conditioning during the peak three hours, it's, um, it's like triple expensive twice oh, wow. times as much. Yeah. Um, and so we actually have a thermostat that cuts off, um, for those three hours until it hits 83. So we have like, um, we live in low humidity. So like 78 is pretty comfortable. Um, 83 is less comfortable and we're probably hitting that right now. I never had a sweater. I don't even know what I'm thinking. Yeah, I am. in. What are those three hours? (laughs) Ours are from three to six. So you can, I guess they sell different packages. So some people get two to five, some people get four to seven. So it's nice if you can cut it out, um, turn off air conditioning. If everybody's like gone, like off sports or at work. Um, so that, you know, the house is back to cooling again when you're, um, home, but I've been working from home through, um, all of this. And then we had all five of us. Um, we've got three kids and my husband's been working from home for a year and a half. So yeah, I'm in a closet and it's through my bathroom, through my bedroom. And so I have two doors that are locked. Um, and my husband and my family have all been on notice. Like I am going to be recording an interview and Mm -hmm. please stay downstairs and stay off the Wi-Fi and don't use the echo dot. And, (laughs) you know, just, um, 
try to protect the bandwidth a little bit. Yeah. So we've, I've been working from home for 13 years. Oh, wow. 13, 13, I think. Yeah. And, um, in different capacities and five different houses and, um, let's see, six different houses and five different, six different offices and five different houses. And I think three or four different States. Mm. I'd have to think about that. So I've, I'm not a digital nomad, but I've definitely like had to set up lots of different yep. places too. And always like scoping out like, okay, where I'm going to work from. So my husband's yeah. working in our bedroom right now. So okay. are you, is your home office in your bedroom or do you have more than one no, bedroom to work office, with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. A separate spot. Uh, but I've, I've noticed the keys just to be, at least for me, I'm sure everyone's different of how they can get into the zone. But if I have the right setup, then it makes everything so much better. And I just kind of flow better and actually get way more work done. So for example, like if traveling, if I'm just on my laptop in my room, I know while traveling, I'm not, I'm going to have be so itchy to get out that mm-hmm. I can't do it. So usually when traveling, I will almost always go to a co-working space okay. and I literally would book Airbnbs close to co-working spaces if I'm going to be there for a while. Right. Cause I know I'm not going to get anything done at home. I'm going to look outside and be like, Oh, there's a beach over there and I'm mm-hmm. not in LA. Let me just go hang out for a while and not get anything done. I've had over 50 guests now. Um, I've done several solo episodes as well, but you're, I think into my 60th, 61st episode, I'm not sure what number this one mm-hmm. will be, but um, over and over and over and over and over again, I hear people say that it's just so much more helpful if they can have a place where they can close off or a place that they can call their workspace so that they can close their computer at the end of the day or walk away and shut the door. And I think what you're saying is that like, it's just, you can get into that mindset and that focus zone. It's a funny and, like human psychology thing if you think about it, right? Like why? Mm-hmm. Why if I have the same setup downstairs, I don't think I'll be as productive. But it's, it's just like a dedicated zone of saying, "Hey, this is where I work." And your brain shifts and it's like, "Oh, I guess mm-hmm. this is where I work." Uh, and that's what gets the more productivity done. It's like muscle memory for your brain. Like this is, you know, I'm not going to allow myself to do this that the other thing. Um I, when I work in the kitchen, I am distracted as heck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am eating I'm doing the dishes. I'm doing the laundry Our laundry's right there. And, um, I'm actually not really a great housekeeper, but I've never had so much housekeeping, you know, caught up as when I've had a project due or something like that. So just whatever way you could procrastinate. Why not? <laughs> right. <No. laughs> um, and then is your dad also working currently? He's not, they're retired. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, around and you know so at least the home setups it's fine and april i don't know if you have this but like if, if i'm running down to like the kitchen to quickly get something before going to meeting at least with roommates my parents in this case i have to be like okay i'm gonna go down quickly i can't talk i'm sorry bye and you just have to like <laughs> run back basically or else you're gonna get roped into a conversation <laughs> oh yeah i actually was picking up my kids after school and my friend was like hey can you swing by and pick up this thing that i had dropped off and maybe you guys could say hi to the kids and I was like, here's the deal. Cause I know anytime I stop at that people, those people's house, even mm-hmm. if we're social distancing and wearing masks and outside in the heat, we'll talk for three hours. And I'm like, I have an interview <laughs> and I don't want to forget to show up. Yep. So we're rescheduled for tomorrow. Cause I know myself too well. <laughs> <laughs> right. well. I appreciate you putting me in front of your friends there. <laughs> I'll see them. That's it's yeah. all good. Um, we dropped off tie dye, um, I guess supplies like the the dye that you can dye your t-shirts with and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause we had um, been given a gift of tie dye and it was enough to make like 55 things. And we only had 25 things to make. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with all this dye, but we are not going to tie dye anymore. Yeah. 
So <laughs> yeah, it's a good excuse to see friends. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about um, your social life while you're traveling, while you're working from home and while you're in quarantine, or I know uh, California did a lot more lockdown than we did here in Arizona. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, I guess while traveling, um, it's it, it's a different beast because it's not the same people you know, right? You're going to run into a different crowd. And depending on how long you're there, you need to decide to make friends or not make friends, right? If I'm only yeah. somewhere for 10 days, it's kind of an awkward time to like, yeah, I guess you could meet some new people, but you're going to be gone anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of my social life while traveling would consist of, uh, I go to often, oftentimes I go work from co-living spaces. Co-living spaces are dedicated communities, which is like, think about Airbnb combined with a co-working space for yeah. people who are staying there longer term. Uh, and I always used to love going to them because, um, you know, I'd be there for one to two months at a time. You get a really good community and those end up becoming your friends for social activities. Um, so I often, I think there was a year where I exclusively did co-living places. I just loved it mm-hmm. so much. Uh, so that's what I would mostly do if I could while traveling is just kind of get plugged into that community. So you're finding people that are like-minded in their uh, lifestyle and maybe different kinds of work, but a similar work lifestyle. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's working remotely, right? So they understand like, hey, there's work time. You don't really play in the middle of the day unless there's something really, really cool going on. And then you could reshuffle your schedule around that. But that's the benefit of working from home or working remotely is you can pick generally what kind of schedule you want um, and just move things around it. Right. There's more flexibility. If you're working for yourself, but there are still a lot of people who are working remotely who are still employees of bigger Mm -hmm. corporations. And I've done both. So I've been, you know, um, a slave to the calendar. You know, you pass around the PTO calendar and you don't Mm -hmm. get Christmas off every year. You don't get your birthday off every year. Um, Yeah, I've done both. And I think that was the thing that a lot of people thought that, you know, because I worked from home that I had freedom to just work at any um coffee shop and whatever I wanted. And that wasn't the case, but the people who are living in these co-living spaces obviously have more freedom in that regard, probably. Yeah. Yeah. April, I'm sure you got this too while working from home, but just exactly what you said, because you work from home, people just assume, oh, you're free. Uh Uh-uh. Like I, this is dedicated time. I got to work. This is not really working. Yeah, exactly. So I actually, uh, didn't really know anything about, sorry, <laughs> talking over you. didn't really know anything about co-living spaces until like a week ago. I was, I am in some of the digital nomad uh, Facebook groups, mm-hmm. um, maybe more like a hope that maybe someday I could live that lifestyle or for when we do at least vacation. And I've had to like work out of an Airbnb. I've done it. Um, Someone was posting that they were uh, building one or renovating something to turn into a co-living space in, I think, oh dear, where was it? Some other country, uh, Thailand, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like, what things would you want in a co-living space? Yeah, and that's people were like, on-site library or on-site um, laundry. Yep. Um, excellent internet connection because not spotty, not, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, desks that you can sit at comfortably for hours, not just like um aesthetically beautiful desk mm-hmm. but like, the, like a know. random chair yeah absolutely mm, yeah so what about you what kinds of things were you looking for when you were living in a co-living space all of those would be great in addition to a quiet place to be able to take meetings right, right. Like at so many spaces mm-hmm. i'd be like outside in a closet somewhere heat my ac's mm-hmm. off i guess uh and you're just trying to crank out a meeting on skype or something like that so 
you know, if there's a comfortable place to have dedicated meetings, uh, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's key. So that did come up a few times. And I actually saw also just like soundproof rooms, like just mm. like good insulation between the rooms so that people can work without hearing the entire community. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious if uh, co-living spaces are going to take off with the, with the vengeance, like bigger. Cause when I, when I was doing it, it was relatively new. The only people who went to it was nomads, right? Now people mm-hmm. can work from home and in, in theory you could work from right. many different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've heard of co-living spaces exploding yet. Funny enough, it seems like people can work from home. They work from home. Uh, even though technically your home could be anywhere as long as your computer's there. Right. I, I don't know if I've seen as many people yet take advantage of that as much as I thought they would, but I'm also maybe not around the crowd. So I don't really know. Well, and the pandemic has kind of forced everyone to, you know, stay close to home anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those of us that have children, you know, it's a whole different thing because you've got schooling, you know, it's we did different. homeschool last year, but with the pandemic, we didn't get to go out and do like field trips like we would have wanted to or travel. Um, so yeah, once you introduce like little people into the picture and they're tied to a school or, um, you know, sports or some other yep. activities, you, you get grounded pretty quick. That's you know, point. when, I, when I was in my twenties, um, I had traveled quite a bit in my, um, teens and early twenties. Like I didn't make it out to Asia, but I was definitely like, um, uh, I've been to Belize and, uh, let me think Peru and the Dominican Republic of Puerto Rico. And then like into Europe, several different countries, um, and I was 22 years old. I remember coming home and I got my first desk job, which I kept for 17 years, but I kept my passport in my purse for probably 10 years because I wow. wanted that freedom to be like, you know what? I could just buy a plane ticket and go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I liked knowing that I had that freedom, but then I got married <laughs> and I got kids and, you know, we haven't traveled yet, but I think now that the kids are of that age that we we could consider it now. Mm. Yeah. I guess uh, you said you're, you have one or two kids, three, but the youngest three. is age six now. So, okay, good. So at, at a proper age where they could, they're not going to kill themselves if you don't watch them. Yeah. It's, it gives it well, <laughs> the, my oldest actually, <laughs> she's the one that we have to keep an eye on. I think the most, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit easier. They're not kind of like taught off, you know, some ledge or something like that. These yep. Days. Yep. Um. Did you have a lot of people that were traveling as singles or did you see any families in these co-living spaces? In the co-living spaces, the vast majority would be singles um, because I think the families would probably get an Airbnb or some space like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it was kind of inspiring when I did see traveling families. That was Mm -hmm. cool. Uh, where I was just like, oh, I'd probably want to try that out. I know how hard it is, right? I I didn't go speak with them, but actual people doing long-term travel with kids uh, is a very unique thing, unique thing. I'm sure they have a pretty awesome work from home setup too, right? Because they're going to be bouncing around quite a bit, uh, and bouncing around plus having to manage kids. Whew, it's a lot. Well, and usually if you're traveling with kids, that means you're probably homeschooling. So mm. probably one parent isn't working often yep. or working opposite shifts from each other. Um, you know, shifts, you know what I mean? Like getting your hours in during this time or the other thing, or find it a really lucrative passive income. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> How passive is this job that you um, have created for yourself? For my company? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I still work full time. Um, maybe mm-hmm. not because I need to, but because I want to, and I want to see it grow. So yeah. I guess it's, it's a little bit different when it's more of a choice as opposed to I'm being forced to work full time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so still, you know, I haven't, I, I don't think I've tested the exact limits of how passive can I, can this be? Cause I just don't want to, I just, I just yeah. want to keep it. Um, I, like it. I probably, you know, if I really wanted to just for the California businesses, I could probably get away with less than 10 hours a week on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's yeah. with your mom also helping mostly with my team helping. Right. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. My mom plus team. So mostly mm-hmm. at this point would be mostly meetings that I just have to manage people and things like that. So. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, we talked about how you got started. You were working in corporate, you're doing it on the side. Were you, were you working late into the evenings or were you doing this on your lunch break or? A lot of lunch break work. Cause it was during the day. Um, mm-hmm. because I had a full-time job, I had to find help quickly for like a backup call center or like, you know, outsource things okay, uh, rather yeah. quickly. So that made me a little bit more resourceful just because of restraints. Right. Uh, but like then a messaging we- system, like a messaging call center. Uh, yeah, or for calls, uh, someone calls uh, calls us, it has to route to someone. I can't pick up the phone. Right, uh, if yeah. my mom wasn't available to pick up the phone at the time, it wouldn't go to her. It would have to go to somebody else. So I had to uh-huh. solve those problems really early. Then it was just uh, nights, you know, for an hour or two, checking how things are going. Weekends, work on the weekends for that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was like whatever spare time I had, mostly devoted to this. But, you know, I don't, I don't remember it eating up my social life where I wouldn't do stuff because of it. Um, it mm-hmm. was just... Yeah, this is just part of it. It's just almost like instead of, you know, ending work at five or six, I'd end up work at seven or eight, just part of life. Right. A lot of people do that. And now that you have left the corporate job, are you working more daytime hours or are you just kind of working whenever you need to? Uh, daytime hours. I'm not a morning person. I- I've tried so much. I'm not a morning person yet. So my mornings usually start a little bit later. So that's kind of the nice part about it is I'll dictate the schedule of when I actually want to work. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, um, I guess when I'm talking with you, it's like, you've had three different, very, very different situations, starting the corporation, your corporation, starting your company while you were working for a corporation mm-hmm. and being the digital nomad and working from home, home, what are some of the str- struggles and frustrations you have faced? And, um, have you overcome any of those over this time? Hmm. Uh, do you mean with the working setup? I guess both. It could be in terms of the company or your work from home. I mean, obviously I want to hear both. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, there's the general like business struggles all the time, right? Which is like, how do you solve this problem? Um, some Something pops up. What do you do? You have issues with team conflict, things like that. We just have to manage. A lot of that is learning, talking to mentors, talking to people who've already done it, getting their guidance. And it's almost like guardrails, right? If someone's mm-hmm. already done it, or at least can identify the problem for you, you don't make as many mistakes. Uh, right. I, I kind of see that as what franchising is. You're bowling with the bumpers up, right? You don't go into the gutter. Um, that's that's having guardrails. So I think- Got it. As I guess something I learned is having guardrails with anything I'm doing in life, I think is very helpful. And maybe guardrails is not the right word, but like someone to speed up what you're doing just mm-hmm. to give you guidance. So you're not like just shooting in the dark uh, is one of the big things I learned. The guardrails, I think is an excellent way to describe it. I like mm. that. No, thank you. And um, so frustrations from working from home. Whew. Um, I think uh, for me, it's kind of knowing, knowing what uh, I need in order to be productive. It's how do I get into the flow state quickly, right? For example, if I travel, I know the first week I'm not going to get stuff done. After doing this long enough, I'm going to be too excited. I'm going to go want to do stuff. I want to explore my neighborhoods. So first week, I just imagine like, look, I'm going to do the bare minimum and then it's going to be a wash. 
Uh, and then I'll need to say, cool, now I need to really find a co-working space because I know I'm not going to work from home somewhere I could go three, four times a week and then have the proper set up there, figure out the desk. So I feel like it's, for me, it's getting into the routine as quick as possible for working from home and having a dedicated space, whether that's your home, whether that's outside where you go in and your brain turns on and says, oh, I'm, this is work time. Yeah. Um, for me, one of my biggest struggles is being comfortable. I've had some back and neck and hip things, you know, just ah, injuries yeah. and just, you know, carrying three babies, you know, just my body has changed and I get sore easily. And I have to be very careful to have a good chair and good height and good things. Hey, and for what I chair have do you have? An old chair. <laughs> so with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's a proper chair that adjusts and I've, I've been sitting on it for too long and I probably should, um, first of all, oil it somehow. We haven't figured out how to get it to stop squeaking. Um, but it's um, fully adjustable. Like you can, you know, rotate your um, seats, you know, different ways and you can adjust the tension on your, your back and everything. Um, but I mean, I guess just ergonomics are still really important to me. And whenever I think of digital nomads, I'm like, how, how can they sit correctly yeah. if they don't have any of these? Like I've even had like a travel riser, you know, for, um, for my laptop so that I, I, I teach online. And so I needed to have my camera up a little bit higher, um, so that it didn't look like it was like going up my nose, <laughs> I mm -hmm. guess. Um, so, but you're probably young and, and fit and maybe you never hurt, but, uh, have you ever figured out uh, how to be more ergonomic? I'm starting to get there. I'm like, now it's like my back hurts. It's just out of nowhere. You, you, you get to your mid thirties and you're like, wow, things just start hurting. I don't know. It just, it just happens. So it's funny enough. I'm actually in the market now to find a much better chair and like splurge mm -hmm. and just say, look, let me just get an air on like one of those really ergonomic yeah. chairs because yeah. you know, I'll probably have it forever. Uh, and I think that's, that's part of the setup, but it's been mm -hmm. something where I've ignored because I haven't needed it. Um, you know, I was, I was younger when I was traveling. I don't really need yeah. it. Now, now I realize, like, ah, this is going <laughs> to, this is going to add up. Maybe this is important. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I usually hear people start talking about their shoulders and neck and headaches, probably about three months into that game. But um, sounds like you must have been lucky in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I years. went to the right co working spaces. So I, they had them. Well, did they have good setups or was it just like a chair and a desk or do they have it like depends. proper? Yeah. It depends what country you're in. Um, okay. But most of the places are pretty well developed. Uh, yeah. They have that proper setups. So that probably helped a lot. I have interviewed people in the past. We talked about WeWork and a few of the other co-working spaces. And I know that they've also gone through as, I don't know, a tumultuous time. Um, during the, the pandemic, a lot of these co-working spaces have, have struggled, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, people are like, hey, I don't need my, I don't need my space anymore. I'm just going to work from home. And they're like, right. ah, you had a contract. Um, did you have like one company that you could use worldwide or would you just establish a relationship in every country that you were in? It's a good, a good question. Cause I was considering doing like the WeWork thing just to go everywhere. But the reality is, um, most places you're going to be it's not that there's a we work there so you might as well just find whatever local co-working space right. there is there so no i actually kind of i think that's what we work wanted to be and i don't think they're going to be that which is the global work co-working space you have one membership that gets you yeah. unlocked everywhere mm -hmm. uh because of everything they went through recently you know who knows if that'll happen but that'd be awesome i feel like if i knew somewhere i could get plugged into immediately uh that'd be incredible i spent some time in europe and it was like the year 2000 actually 
And so a long time ago, and back then it was all about the internet cafe. Mm-hmm. Everyone, oh, yeah. you, would, you would go to an internet cafe to be able to log into a computer and they'd be the old, big old computers and you'd you know pay 15 minutes at a time just to have access to the internet. I wonder if co-working spaces kind of like grew out of that or have they been around longer? Point. You know? No, I'm sure they grew out of that because I remember hearing internet cafe and no one says that term anymore. Right. Everyone no. just says co-working spaces. Co-working space. So mm-hmm. it probably it probably has evolved to that. And I wonder what the next iteration would be. Um to be honest, it might go full circle and go back to normal office space. Hmm. Things tend to move I, in circles. I don't know. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your um I don't know what to talk about, actually. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I, I uh, want it, I want to get to a few other things, but I don't feel like we're quite done yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel like we got the setup down. Um, we got the company down. We got, I think we're good. Alrighty. Yeah. What um, do you got in mind, well, April? I guess I usually ask people the same question at the end. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, what advice would you have for people who are thinking about working from home for the first time? But in your situation, you can also add in owning a franchise or thinking about being a digital nomad. Like, go ahead and, and go from there. Yeah. So, uh, what advice do I have people who are working from home for the first time? Let's go with that. Uh, I guess the first one would be um, try to get out of your home, right? It's easy, very easy to work from home. And I feel almost quite refreshed if I change it up one day, one day a week, I'll go work from a coffee shop if it's open during COVID, who knows, Uh, or go work from a friend's space and then come back. I just feel kind of refreshed. So that would be one tip, um, which I'd recommend doing. But you were saying earlier that you feel like you get in the flow faster when you're oh, in I'll your lose flow space. for sure. I will. This is like happiness versus flow state, right? Like, which okay, one is got it? it? Yeah. Yeah. No, guaranteed. If I'm just at home in the space, I'm probably gonna get more work done than if I change it up and went to a coffee shop. Uh, but I feel like mentally, I feel more refreshed. Even okay. though I don't get as much work done as a coffee shop. I feel like mentally a little bit good. Nice change of scenery. It's more of a lifestyle thing. All right. Got it. And then what about um, people who are interested in learning more about your company, like um, who've never considered a franchise? Like, can you sell it a little bit? Like, why would someone want to consider a franchise to get them working from home? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, I'm not saying made this franchise thing, any franchise system in general. And I was always thought that I always thought franchising is like, oh, that's an old school industry, right? Like who from my parents franchise, I don't franchise. That's, that's not it. But uh, I actually think there's really cool business models out there and, um, now that I've done this for a long time, if you could pay someone to speed up what you're doing by a lot, like why not, right? Uh, instead of trial and error, just be able to expedite a lot of things you're doing. And if you know what you're looking for, that probably is a good franchise model for you. Uh, for example, if you're looking for work from home, remote, maybe maybe this is a fit, maybe something else is a fit, who knows? But if you go in knowing what you, uh, with a loose idea of what you want, see if there's an existing platform for you out there already. I think uh, a lot of people try to reinvent the wheel myself when I started of just trying to be unique and saying, Hey, I want to start my own thing. How do I do it? But if the end goal is just to have financial freedom, location freedom, I don't think you necessarily need to have something completely unique. You could achieve that with made this or another franchise system or another type of business model where it's not brand new. Uh, And I think that's something that's often overlooked. And then what about that part where if someone is thinking about the digital nomadic lifestyle, you've kind of lived all three things, the corporate office job, the, the traveling thing, and then mm-hmm. also the work from home. Do you, do you have a preference? Like, do you really want to get back to that? Yeah, I, I don't, funny enough, I don't think I do. 
anymore for the nomad lifestyle. I think, I think there's a start of the nomad journey and then there's a middle and then there's an end like with anything else. And I reached the end rather abruptly, but I was getting to the tail end of it already. Um, so, you know, after a while of doing it, it kind of unfortunately becomes your identity in a way, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're the travel guy, you work remotely. And then if you don't do that, you kind of feel like, well, what am I doing then? Um, so I, I, I liked that now I have some, I had some time to kind of reflect on that during COVID stepped away and thought about, huh, what kind of lifestyle do I actually want? And I feel like I've done that. And, uh, now I, I like having a home base and then probably traveling more frequently than normal. Uh, but mm-hmm. not as much where I was like three months, three months, three months in different places. Um, so yeah, with, with, with the mix, I guess I'm trying to go with the hybrid now and we'll see where I end up in another four years. Uh, but right now I want to go with the hybrid model instead of full nomad or full corporate. Were you uh, really traveling internationally every time or were you staying in like one country and doing different parts of a country for three months or were you like full on different continent every three months? Mostly on the same region. It would be in, it's mostly based off of the weather, right? If it was like winter time, I would go to the Southern hemisphere instead and just hang out over there and then flip flop. So it was endless summer, basically, um, oh. just depending where it was. And you stayed mostly in South America? A lot in South America, just because my business and time zone, like I had to kind of work in LA standard time. So I had to be in loosely the Western hemisphere. Then when things mm-hmm. started loosening up, got more team members. I went to Europe a lot. And finally I was able to get to Asia when I actually had a proper team around. So it wasn't just dependent on me. So I got to Asia maybe in 2018 and then I loved it. I, I spent maybe a total six months there. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Have you spent much time bump center around the U S it was funny enough, like not as much until the pandemic. Then I was like, okay, I'll go check out a little bit of here and there, but there's so much in our backyard. It's crazy. Yeah. I just, you know, there's excitement out there, but then you realize like, oh, wow, people from other countries come to the U S to do road trips. Like that's the thing. That's the thing they do. And that's right in my backyard and I haven't done it yet. So not as much. How about you, April? I actually had been to Europe three times before I had ever been to Mexico and I still have mm. yet to be into Canada and I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> Wow. So you're basically Canadian (laughs) is the point. I mean, I basically am, but I still have never been there. It's so weird. Man, I had, I know I had another question I wanted to ask you about the franchise and it's just eluding me. So I might have to follow up with you later. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) I don't know what that was. Um, But yeah. So how can people find you? Yeah. If, if you're interested to contact me, just go to neoporak.com. Uh, you can shoot me a message there. You could have made this franchise, M-A-I-D-T-H-I-S franchise.com. Fill out a form if you're interested in there. And uh, I'll personally answer anyone who messages and say they came from April's podcast. <laughs> uh, spell out your name so that people can find you. Yeah, sure. N-E-E-L-P-A-R-E-K-H.com. You have talked a little bit in some of your, I don't know, your website about the new uh, the new age of the franchise. Can you talk a tiny little bit about what that means? You keep saying that franchise is an old thing. Have you found like a community of people who are like embracing this new, this new era? I have. And I don't think most of those people are in franchising. So uh, my, the concept is if you look at local businesses, local businesses are kind of behind the times for the most part. And I think they perpetually will be behind the times because marketing, everything moves fast. Local mm-hmm. businesses don't move fast. Um, you know, they're not Silicon Valley tech companies. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, there's a breed of kind of newer age local companies who know what they're doing, who are bringing like big marketing tactics from let's say e-commerce or digital marketing down to the local level and just kind of crushing the competition. 
So there are uh, there's a good amount of these companies which exist, uh, but not as many on like a franchise level, and not as many who have gone widespread. They're usually very singulated, singular to their uh, geography that they're in. So I think it's actually kind of a new age of local businesses where like you can now have massive tactics that people have utilized like from large marketing companies and bring it down to a local level because the way technology has gone so rapidly and expanded, you have now access to all of this technology and processes at a much cheaper rate. So it, it's a new age for local companies where I think they should be really utilizing all the new stuff we have, which was never accessible to us before. Are you talking about like the difference between like, uh, how do you say it? Like mail, direct mail type, like marketing versus like digital marketing. Like, can you give an example? Yeah, that's one example. I'll give you an example. As of 2017, still half of local businesses didn't even have a website. Blows oh, my mind. Wow. This is not that long ago. Half of them don't have local businesses. Most of the marketing is still done in traditional types of forms, mailers, mm-hmm. uh, not even digital marketing. It's a small percent of local, local business budget. Now, if you look at large companies, digital marketing is most of their budget for the most part. Um, local businesses, it's way less. So you think about that and you think, look, if I could bring a little bit of sophistication, if I could bring my company to year 2021, right? Like you, you'd be able to cross the competition because people in the local spectrum are typically years behind in terms of what they're doing. So all you have to do is be current and you're already ahead. So that's the new age of local companies. I guess I can really see that because like we were saying earlier, a lot of the people maybe that were in the housekeeping industry might not have used Zoom. Same thing for local business owners. If they've been like their ma and pa shop, you know, brick and mortar business, you know, they were doing face-to-face customer service. And now, now that we're having to pivot and, and all of the the catchphrases that people are using these days, mm-hmm. um, I guess it's probably be pushing people towards that, but they need the extra little bump, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's uh, I think it's an exciting opportunity for anyone to get into the local market. And why would someone want to have a uh, made this uh, made come and help them out with their long term residential housekeeping? Yeah, sure. Like if you're an end customer, uh, the reason you want it's just the convenience, right? You're you're you could book online, you could reschedule online. There's always someone to pick up the phone. Um, it's funny enough, I was doing um, we have a new franchise in Myrtle Beach, and I told him, "Hey, Dan, go call the top." 10 com- competitors do competitor research. He's like, Neil, I can believe this. Eight of them didn't even pick up at all. The, nope. Didn't pick up a voice phone. Never called him back. The two who did uh, one was booked up and the other one said no and hung up. So that's the competition. That's the customer service. Many people are getting. So, um, you know, good convenience, customer service, basic tenants of what you need to provide as a business is what you get with made this. Oh boy. That's, <laughs> that's discouraging and encouraging, I guess right? at the same time, like for you, like, wow, look how we can compare. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think it was a really fun chat, April. And, um, uh, I, I do like just it inspired me, honestly, the strange one to go get a better chair. Like I've been, <laughs> I've been pushing it off for so long. And I'm like, damn, I really need to get better chairs. So yes, yes. I think the work from home setup is, is super important. So Thank I'm on, I'm in the market for a better desk. Cause I think I'm going to, I use my office often. Um, but I like to be out of it. If I don't need to be in here, I like to sit somewhere else. And so I need mm. a second, a secondary place to work from. And I know it's like opposite of what you said, but, um, I'm in a, I'm in a closet with no window. So yeah, I need yeah. To get out. you get a pass. So, all right, Neil, thank you so much cool. for this. This has been April Malone with Neil Park. 
And this has been Yes, I Work From Home. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.